All right. We have the late morning program with uh, Namras. This is episode 32 with Mother Guru and Janavi. Hello. Thank you Hello. for joining us, wow. guys. Appreciate it. Such a pleasure. Yes. Such an honor. You've been, <laughs> you've been threatening me with this for the last few years or tempting me with it. But anyway, it really is an honor to be in the studio. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, I don't know if anyone saw our last episodes, but they were a lot um, based on kind of like issues and things like that. But now we're back to our reg regular scheduled programming of... Uh, interviews of interesting people so we have my mother-in-law uh mother guru Charna padma here and we have her daughter janavi my uh my sister-in-law daughter my daughter-in-law <laughs> my, my sister-in-law so um i wanted to just uh talk to you about your journey uh, in spirituality and in krishna consciousness so um so tell us where you grew up and uh about that <laughs> It sounds. It feels a little like know, uh, artificial I, because we always talk. Yeah. But yeah, it's okay. Bear with I, me. I, I told I told you that I'm not a controversial devotee. I'm just a basically very simple, straightforward devotee. That's so. exactly why he asked. You. <laughs> exactly right. But I have had quite a few adventures in Krishna consciousness. So you know, maybe maybe we can share some of those. Sure, of course, of course. <laughs> start yeah. at the beginning. But let's all start at the very beginning. The very beginning. Uh well, I grew up in. Winnipeg, Canada. Was a few exalted devotees come from there. Um, like who? Uh, well, there was Padmapani Prabhu, who used to preach with Tribhuvanath in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. I believe he lives in Vancouver now, somewhere. Uh, and he, he was actually in my class in high school. Really? I didn't really hang out with him. <laughs> Little did I know that we were both going to become uh, god brothers and god sisters. Wow. And then there's Vyasaki also. No way! Yeah, I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Vyasaki yeah. Prabhu. Yeah. Wow. And Mother Sangha? Uh, well, Mother Sangha, yeah, she's she's in England now. But um, yeah, when I've, I've, I first visited the temple in Winnipeg, Shiva Ram um, Maharaj was, he was just a brahmachari at that time. Right. Um, but it was after I had made a journey to India, to Vrindavan. And I came back to little old Winnipeg, which was a very conservative, cold kind of place and uh searched out the temple right little house you know and um it's going in and it's out it's going in and out okay. right uh, I don't know why. so um yeah so shivaram actually he was from montreal but uh yeah there, were, there was lots going on in canada at the time wow but um i didn't join in winnipeg Took me oh, wait, 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 start just, from the beginning. You just though. said, yeah, Don't, because yeah. you jumped to like devotees and then you were like, and I, when okay, I already tell us, tell us about your parents, tell us about your siblings. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was born in a, you know, a quite large Jewish family, but uh, not particularly religious. You know, they, my parents, they came from an age like through the war when there was a lot of economic development going on. So for them to make money and to become prosperous was more important than being religious, even though their parents were actually, like one of them was like a rabbi. and so. But for them, it wasn't so important. But for me, growing up, they sent me to a, like a religious Jewish school. They sent all my, my sisters and brother, but none of them could hack it. Mm. I was the only one that actually showed real interest and kind of stuck with it. Mm -hmm. So that was all my primary school. And it was, you know, religious. It was half day Hebrew, English. And um, do you remember one of the prayers that you learned? 
Just so we know. Just so we know you actually went. Not just saying that. I do remember all those prayers. They stick with you. Those are your childhood prayers, and 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 I, you know, I've 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 cherished that and 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 kept that. Mm. As a matter of fact, I still have a friend, very dear friend of mine, who lives in Winnipeg. She's not a devotee of Krishna, but she's a highly spiritual person, and we we kind of went through that spiritual journey together. Although Mm. she didn't become a devotee of Krishna, but she's she's a really highly evolved spiritual person and we we still kind of talk so um yeah it was only what i just think the mic might maybe move over slightly that way because you i think you're going out of the range every time you move your head if it's just more oh yeah yeah, look at it see it's turned yeah sorry technical difficulties here yeah yeah that's better that's better so um when i and went to a secular <laughs> high school. That was a little bit of a, a, a culture shock, but I, I did have my, my, some close friends with me that, that, that did that as well. And um, yeah, I, I was searching spiritually, and um, I felt like I didn't really get... Why were you searching? Like, what, what was it about I I, spiritual I, life that made you search? I used to, like, stand in front of my mirrors in my bathroom at home, and, you know, you'd get all these, like, images of, of yourself... And I remember like looking in the mirrors and saying, who, who am I? Really? Like, who am I? I was looking at all these images of myself, but not really identifying with me as like in the body mm. and just kind of going, who, who, who am I? And uh, although I had some very dear friends, I didn't kind of feel like hanging out with kind of the regular kind of cliques and groups of friends that you could used to hang out at the, at the corner block and all that. I mean, I had a very sound, stable and happy childhood. But I, I had this deep kind of yearning within. Mm. So um, and I guess a part of it as well was um, a desire to mix with others. Like, uh, um, you're probably not familiar with growing up in a Jewish neighborhood and very close to it. It's very, it's very nurturing, but it was very, um, you know, you must stick with the Jewish kids. And right. that's, that's who your association must be. Right, right. Um, I guess maybe we get a little bit of that in Krishna Khan. We give our kids a bit of that in Krishna consciousness. But just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, um, I can't relate so to when that I went, huh? <laughs> so, Yeah, so when I went to secular high school, it was kind of like, I'll stick with these guys. And this, but I actually had a desire to learn about different cultures and mix with all different people. Mm. And when I finally got to university, I kind of like exploded. I, I was reading all kinds of literature. Um, you know, we we started with the Baba Ramdas Be Here Now and the autobiography of a yogi. I read the Bible. Was that like the hippie era? Um, I guess. I mean, I'm just kind of on the edge of the hippies. Like I'm, a, I'm, I was like on the the end or late, the the, the, end, the late. Oh, the yeah, late. Okay, the late. Yeah, right. Mid mid seventies to late seventies, probably right. You uh, said you joined in seventy seven, so yeah, yeah, seventy six. I joined, so it was kind of seventy three, seventy four. Okay. Yeah, um, right. Okay. And uh I mean there 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 had been so much had gone on before I kind of entered into the you know I mean I remember as a young girl seeing Hare Krishna's on the street in Winnipeg and I said like Winnipeg's a very conservative place and I remember seeing them on the downtown. I think I must have been only about twelve or thirteen and I, I remember thinking it's a little bit strange, but it made an impression on me. Right. Like little did I know that that Maha Mantra actually entered into my heart, and wow. And that's why I so much kind of believe in the power of Harinam and going on Harinam because I, I know that that I, I really feel in my heart. Right. So that was like the beginning of you know the explosion of 
right. or, or my bhakti lata beach, you know, mm. sprouting up. So, um, so, um, so when you, so did you go to college after? Yeah, you... so I went to, I, I went to college, well, university, and um, after the first year, I said to my parents, uh, I want to take a year out. <laughs> and, what were you uh, studying? I, I was studying a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing, like, you know, to become like a, you know, it's, it's a bit more than a nurse, so it's, a, it's a, like a Bachelor of Science degree. But right. to be honest, like the first year, they put us in with the old people in an old people's home. And I, I guess I'd never kind of worked with elderly people before, but I found it like shocking to see that at the end of your life, what you become, that you need to be fed and you need to be bathed just like when you were born. Mm. And to see how undignified it was for these elderly people. There's uh, just some like kind of deep realizations for a young person. I mean, it's not completely, you know, that, that people don't have that, but it's 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 like a rare thing. Watch out behind you. Yeah. Well, one was... of the one of the reasons why elderly homes exist is is often because people don't may not have the facility or the or the ability or opportunity to care for an elderly relative in their home. Right. So it's it can be a little not to say you know not to you know make it sound too bad, but it's a little out of sight, out of mind. Like we have that sort of society. Thank you. Yeah, even now, like even recently, there's been a lot of like even abuse in in old people's homes. Right. You know, people, you know, the way they treat the elderly because they just think, oh, they're they're out of it. You know, they've got right. dementia or they've. So. Um, so you took one year off. So me, alongside with a, a friend, of course, we, me and my friend Leslie, we had we had, we had started on the mantra kind of path. So we had taken up transcendental meditation. Right. You know, TM. TM. And we, we even got to the point of the initiation. And uh, we went along. We had to bring incense and a flower, and we were going to get the secret mantra. Did you have to pay for it? We had to pay for it, yes. Nice. Yeah. And um, so after we paid and we did the little ceremony, we both got a mantra. And, um, yeah, and at the end of it, we were like, oh, what? You know, you were, it was supposed to be secret mantras. So we weren't <laughs> supposed to share it with each other, but we shared it with each other. And we're like, hey, we both got the same <laughs> mantra. <laughs> We got ripped off here. <laughs> we were each supposed to get a unique mantra. That oh was, my god! Yeah. Um, so anyway, I went with her. We decided we're going to take a year out and we're going to go to Israel, you know, and and go on a kibbutz and kind of live the live the life of community. Right. I mean, I was like really interested in. Well, I mean, later I heard the phrase "simple living" and high thinking, but I yeah. was I was kind of drawn to that kind of community living, and um, so we journeyed and. We went first to Amsterdam, and we, you know, lived in a hostel in that. And on the street, I, I got a Bhagavad Gita on the street. Really? Yeah. And uh, so that Bhagavad Gita, and I got Back to Godhead magazine. And when I saw that picture of Srila Prabhupada, just something connected. I mean, I remember, like, you know, where I was staying in this hostel in Amsterdam, like near the red light district. We were, like, having to do some work in there to, to, to pay our room and rent and all that. And... Um, Working uh, in the red light district? <laughs> no, it wasn't the red light. It was, it was near the red light. There's a few things I never knew. <laughs> near the, no, I mean, Amsterdam was a very hip place at the time. I've right, right. actually not been back since, but it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was quite <laughs> interesting. Edgy. It it's amazing edgy. how many devotees got books like in these like areas like Amsterdam and London and stuff. There's just like a massive, like, 
uh, you know, explosion of like mm. of, of books and, and devotees and stuff. I mean, at the time it, it really was. And I uh, thankfully got, you know, drawn in or caught in on the wave of book distribution after that when I when I finally joined. But right. anyway, to continue the story. Sure, yes. Am- uh, Amsterdam. And, and then... the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, I had, you know, I'd asked my rabbi questions. I had read all these different books. But when I read the words in the Bhagavad Gita, it just like, oh my goodness, like it's, it answered so many questions. It just, really? Like finally, I'm, I'm getting answers. I mean, I remember asking the rabbi, and I, you know, I had a nice relationship, but you know, I kind of said, "What happens to you when you die?" And he said, "Well, if you ask a hundred rabbis, you'll get a hundred different answers." Mm. And I was kind of like, "That's really not satisfying. <laughs> like, isn't there one answer? Like, right. isn't there isn't there uh, an answer to this?" So, anyway, we traveled all around Europe, and after I had met the devotees in Amsterdam, everywhere we went, we had this Eurail pass, and every train platform there was like. It was like a mystical thing. Like, are these guys following me or what? Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's just like the devotees were just appearing everywhere. Um, So we then carried on on our journey. We went to to Greece and then we flew to Israel. And I stayed, we were staying with my cousin there for one or two nights before we went to the kibbutz. And one night it was just, I, I have to say it was kind of like for me a mystical moment, but it was thundering and lightning out and I just had this epiphany, like, oh, I've got to go to India. I've got to go to Vrindavan and see Krishna. And wow. my, my dear friend who, you know, we had traveled together. We both came from very, you know, protective families. I said, next morning, I'm really sorry, but I'm not coming with you to the kibbutz. You know, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and try and get to India. So this really, sounds, I never this really sounds, heard this. I never really heard you tell it. This I mean, sounds eerily close to another story that I know. Yeah, yeah no, I, know. I did. I did mention to uh, Maharaj. Yeah. I'm talking about Radnath Swami's yeah. uh, journey, journey home. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, continue. Oh, yeah. This is amazing. When I read his story, I was like, if I did that same journey, I can relate. <laughs> so That's I, fantastic. Actually, my friend Leslie, we are still friends today. And she, really? visits, she visits me in London and she forgives me and, you know, kind of makes a few cracks about me being a Hare Krishna. But yeah. Because you left her. I left her. I left her. And, you know, I didn't. The next day? The next day, I left her, and I—I I mean, I was a lot—I was pretty fearless then. But I traveled on my own back to Greece, and uh, I met a friend that I had met at Amsterdam. There, there again, it was like a mystical thing. How, like out of the blue, we connected at the docks. That, right. That ta- or not? The, was it at the docks? Anyway, it was somewhere where we had to, we had to find this magic bus that went from Athens. And tell about Stephen as well. Oh yeah, that was another thing. Well, that's another mystical. It's Krishna magic, definitely, hundred percent. Well, my cousin Stephen, I I kind of ran out of. Shout money. out to cousin Stephen. I love him. <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> love you. We love you. So yeah, we I've got a picture, and Stephen's got it as well. But I had kind of gone broke, and I was just at this um, post office or something, was it? main square or something in Athens, and like out of the blue, like from Winnipeg, my first cousin. He uh, just shows up. He just we just ran into each other. What? I was looking pretty hippieish by then. Like I had this crook, like this wooden walking stick, you know, from the islands of Greece, and I had like you know big hair, afro. Afro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um and he lent me two hundred dollars, which I've never paid him back. So, <laughs> but I hope I get paid it's it back. Soon, in- <laughs> He doesn't need it now, but, you know, I hope he can. Yeah, but I was so grateful. He saved my life. And um, the funny thing is that years later, just recently, 
Stephen somehow by Krishna's arrangement. Tell that story. Oh my God. Tell that story. No, no, no. But I'll remind you of it. But I think you should continue in the flow. I'll remind you of the Stephen story. Okay. But we have to tell that story. That story is outrageous as well. Yeah, that is. So, um, yeah, we took the magic bus. We caught the magic bus. So there's something called a magic bus. Bus? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't run anymore. <laughs> right. I of mean, course, now yeah. you wouldn't go across those countries, but. Um, right. I mean. Yeah, it was uh, Turkey, you know, and then uh, uh, Iran. Before the same the, bus from the journey home. The yeah, same. same right? It was before same the revolution. Route. We went through Iran, Afghanistan. And the thing is, there were druggies on the bus. So at every border, you, they would come on and check and this and that. And I was just like an innocent, <laughs> I was an innocent girl from Winnipeg, oh my you know. Gosh. Um, and eventually, yeah, eventually we, we reached the, Himal- the foothills of the Himalayas in Kashmir. <laughs> That's, amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, eventually made our way to, to Vrindavan. Um, How did you know to go to Vrindavan? Well, I read, you know, in the BTG, I had these BTGs that I got on the streets. So right. I had the address, Radha Damodar Temple. Now, it, this is the thing that it wasn't. My destiny, because it was 1975, and the Krishna Balaram Temple opened in 1975, April. Right. I came in July, and I had a back to Godhead with an old back to Godhead, with the address of the Radhadamadar Temple. Right. And um, I don't know. Like I was dressed in Western clothes. I would have thought that the you know rickshaw people would say, "Oh, you know, it's gone something." Right. They didn't take me to that temple. They took me to the Radhadamadar Temple. <clears throat> And um, it was like really hot. It was July, just before the monsoons. Oh my gosh. uh, And we got to the temple and there was just like a chokidar, like sleeping on a bed, like the deities were shut. And the person I was with was really struggling with the heat and all that. And he didn't want, they said, oh, we'll give you some water, but you you know, darshan's not till four o'clock or whenever. Yeah. And so we left, we left Vrindavan without... Kind of, you know, they say you can't buy a ticket to Vrindavan. Well, there you go. I wasn't ready for Vrindavan at that point and, and left and eventually made my way all the way back to Winnipeg. That was You flew from India or did you? I uh, flew from India back to Amsterdam, I think. Okay, okay. To, yeah. But I, I thought one other thing was really interesting, which you told me that because the Radha Damodar temple was... Th- the only place you went to in Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course, the Samadhi of Rupa Goswami is there. Mm-hmm. And you told me that you'd read the Nectar of Devotion in the university oh, library. No, no. I had actually bought a Nectar of Devotion at a bookshop in Delhi. That really? was the first book I bought. Well, other than the Bhagavad Gita, yeah, the Nectar of Devotion, which was kind of odd. Did you know it book. was, uh, like, did you, were you looking for that book? I wasn't looking for it. I was just looking for something else by, by A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Uh, right. I, I, I bought that. No, right. when I went back to Winnipeg after, then I went, because I, I had done the one-year university, and I was going to carry on. And so right. I had a university library card. And Satsuru Maharaj and his library party had been around all the universities, I think, in North America. Yeah. So they had the full set of Chaitanya Charitamrita, full set of Bhagavatam. Wow. So with my library card, I took out a full set of Chaitanya Charitamrita. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so this is when you went back to... Back after India. After, your in, and, after uh, India. Yeah, and so that, that, that trip basically changed you completely. Yeah, I came back and told my parents, I'm not going back to university. Really? Really. How did they react to that? Well, they were really upset because, you know, I had obviously, (laughs) 
you know, they didn't understand what it was. I thought I'd been, you know, brain brainwashed and uh, what had happened to their life. I was like a good kid and they had real high hopes for me, you know, to, to, cause I always did really well academically. It was a very, I was a real disappointment to them at that point. Wow. Interesting. Very, very hard. Um, what did your siblings think? Uh, my sister, you know, when I got back to, I went back, flew back to Toronto where she was living and she said, oh, you know, Auntie Shelley, Auntie Shelley, hi Shout Auntie out Shelley, to Auntie Shelley. Shelley. Shout out to you. I mean, if you ask her, she says, oh, you smelled and you, you, you she, yeah, she just Which like, what, like did. incense or something? No, no, no like, like <laughs> body smell. Oh, like not taking bath and stuff. Yeah. You know, I'd been on this like kind of long journey. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, we had, you know, I, I'm not getting into the details, but I lived in a cave in Greece and. Really? On an island in Crete. It's like, the, it's like a coffee yeah. uh, trip. Month, I, yeah. And, uh, you should do a graphic novel of your <laughs> journey. Uh, Radha Swami is much more, you know, interesting. Well, especially <laughs> the Vrindavan part. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. we had I had a few adventures. I mean, <laughs> some of them quite hair-raising, like I don't want to go into now. But, yeah, going through, like, Afghanistan and Iran. Yeah, the way that, you know, we were treated, like, like some of the men. and yeah, Really? Yeah, Krishna protected me, but it... Came into some very close and scary situations. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. So 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 you came back and came you back. told your parents and then and then what and happened? then uh, I went to the temple and uh, you know I it's gone temple Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg. Uh, there was probably about ten devotees there at the time, and I said, um, "I've just been to Vrindavan," and they were like, "Pounce! <laughs> Whoa, we've got someone here. They've just been to Vrindavan. Oh my god! Wow, we've got a new recruit." <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, the story is a little disappointing at that point for me personally because they, they were like, I, I was visiting regularly. Um, and you were living at home. I was living at home. It's really hard when you grow up. Like I had a very close family, you know, a lot big family, aunties and uncles. And there's no way I could have joined in Winnipeg because it would have just, it was I was already breaking their hearts. You know, like mm -hmm. my parents didn't want to talk about what I was doing to their... It was an embarrassment. It was very close yeah, to yeah. the community. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was kind of trying to be normal, but I was... And then the devotees, they... Well, one thing is they said, oh, we're going to Chicago. We're, it's going to be the Rathayatra. We're going to meet Srila Prabhupada. And, I, you know, please come. And I hesitated at that point, and that's been a real lesson for me. You never hesitate or mm. don't take an opportunity because that was my opportunity to see Srila Prabhupada and I, I didn't take it. Right. Um, so yeah, they went and I, and I didn't join at that point. I, I traveled a little bit across Canada visiting other temples and, and the community and uh, there was a community in British Columbia, but eventually the devotees left Winnipeg because of their kind of Sankirtan tactics. They were kind of got a bit of bad publicity and it's a very small place. Right, right. So they left and they left me with a lot of the paraphernalia that, you know, like the dais for the Bhagavatam and pictures and and I was just like dreaming of the devotees all the time and um, you know, I, I would I had this paraphernalia and I would connect with a few of the people that used to visit the temple. Mm. Um, so yeah, eventually eventually um, made my way it, it was an interesting story because the devotees went from Winnipeg to Minneapolis. Yeah. And then from Minneapolis, 
like this group of this cohort of devotees. And then from Minneapolis, they all went to Chicago. This is under Shivaram Maharaj, and then Shivaram does Brahmachari. So eventually, I was on my way to New Vrindavan because I wanted to live simply and simple living and high thinking. Right. So that that was it. I I had had it. I tried for two years from the time of meeting the devotees to enjoy myself and to, um, you know, I, I still wanted to squeeze the last little bit of enjoyment out of the material world. I knew if I had gone to Chicago, that would have been it. I would have joined. And I was just too attached. I wanted to travel, and I thought, you know, I, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but uh, eventually, Krishna didn't let me enjoy and I was just always hankering, you know, to be in the devotees' association. So when I finally went on my way to join a community, and New Vrindavan was really thriving at that point. I mean, right. um, I had to go through Chicago. And so all the devotees from Winnipeg were in Chicago. Mm. And then they said, um, well, just stay here a little bit, you know. Just come with us. We, we're doing book distribution at, you know, Ohari <laughs> Airport. And I was like, okay, little Bakhtin, Wendy, I'll come with you. The first day I went out, I did bigger than anyone else. Really? And they're like, okay, you're not going anywhere. Oh, my god! Oh, you know, please stay with us. So, I mean, that was, um, I guess I joined in 1976. Yeah. And um, I got initiated in early 1977. And, right. Um, the year Prabhupada's departure was in November. And but, you were in Chicago uh, when you got initiated. Yeah, right. I got initiated, and my dear mother Manjwali, Haribol Mother Manjwali, she was Haribol. there at my initiation. And uh, she was at your initiation. She was at. My was she in Chicago, like yeah, serving? Yeah, her husband. She wasn't serving, but her husband that was part of his zone. Oh, really? Midwest, yeah. So. Really? Oh, wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, it yeah. Was initiation by by a letter, right? It was. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, her husband. It was. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I was initiated through a letter, right? And um, I was just—I'm just pointing that out because I always find found it amazing that you never actually met physically met Sri yeah. right? Because many devotees, you know, these days we expect like we expect to at least have some personal interaction with our spiritual right. master, and uh, and the concept of dedicating your whole life to serving somebody that you've never physically met, right? is beyond most of us and myself included mm. in some ways you know it's hard to relate to so i always found that very striking yeah, yeah i always say how fortunate you all are to have you know your gurus association because i was serving i've been serving in separation but i've been so fortunate in my life to have um close association with some of sheila Prabhupada's dear you know disciples who have served him personally and have right. had a lot of his association right, right and so that that has just been like a touchstone like you know for me it's been like you know they've brought Srila Prabhupada you know alive and also um you know more recently through his books which we can talk about later but sure. reading his books yeah I, I really feel his presence so you, then you you full-time joined in Chicago. Yeah, so I full-time joined in Chicago, and it was every day book distribution, but we were with, like, um, at the airport every day, um, I think six out of seven days a week. Got Sunday off for the Sunday feast. Really? And um, But it was exciting. I have to say it was probably some of the best times of my life. We were with Vaisheshka Prabhu, Pragosh Prabhu, uh, Triparari Swami, who wasn't quite a Swami then, but... Um, right. 
And, you know, we were, we were all like Synchrotron team going out every day to the airport. We were, the men were at one terminal, ladies were on another. Right. And, um, yeah. Some of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest um, numbers of books and things in the in the whole country were yeah. at in O'Hare, right? They were, and everybody wanted to come and distribute in O'Hare because it was like you know Chicago is like the hub of America, I think, is mm. in the Midwest. I mean, it's a very famous airport. Yeah, yeah and I'm probably you know O'Hare Airport. So, and a lot of famous people came through the airport and um, tell and, the Muhammad Ali story. Yeah, I got to distribute a book to Muhammad Ali. Really? Yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, like, my memory is so bad. <laughs> but I, I, I remember speaking to him, and he was very, um, uh, you know, you great. You him. Did you just walk uh, up to him? Somebody said, there's Muhammad Ali. So, you know, you, you take the opportunity. Wow. Uh, you, you know, ran up and stopped him, and he was very gracious, and, he, <clears throat> you know, accepted the book. I think he gave, like, a $5 donation or something like that. Wow. But... Um, yeah, that that was a, a wonderful moment. Um, uh, we had some amazing adventures. You know? When me and Tulsi went to LA together in like 2015, when we were traveling, uh, when we told the devotees in LA that Tulsi was your uh, was your daughter, the so many Prabhupada disciples were telling us like she did the most books. She would. We were even afraid to approach her because <laughs> she was like the best book distributor ever. Like when, when she would like, uh, you know, do like so many a time, and we were like so scared of even like being like you were like, and we had oh, some I'm big sorry. crush on her oh. and everything like that. Oh really? So, <laughs> like that one. Do, anyways, the yeah, Sura no, who Prabhu. told us that Sura Prabhu Sura. told us. Oh, yeah. Sura, and yeah. and uh, so so you were like the best book distributor no, of the I mean, time, right? There, there were lots of them in Chicago was like leading you know at that time there was like a big i mean you know Prabhupada had put so much of his life into these books right and you know and, and he was and they were coming out so quickly and he got so much pleasure from reading these sankirtan newsletters so there was a huge international competition amongst all the temples there was the sankirtan newsletter where you got temple scores but yes and you got individual scores and everybody wanted Prabhupada yes to see their name and so you know chicago did like we had quotas like i had to distribute 500 krishna books a day that was like a quota no 500 and then 500, 500 krishna books a yeah. day and then at one point we had 500 btgs the men had to do the bhagavatam that's in, that's that's so that's we're, we're, it's like flying out and you, you wait always, a minute how, how many is that per hour how many hours would you go probably I mean, go out like go 12 out, or 14 like, hours go out well i mean shivaram he always tells his story but he was really kind to me because i actually he gave me my own car so i could go out at six in the morning whereas most of the devotees were going out at 8 30 in the morning <laughs> that's how you got your score up <laughs> i wanted a head start and, oh my god! Marathon time, we'd sleep at the, you know, we'd we'd get a room at the hotel across the way, airport hotel, you know, so we could be such there, a right? fo such a focused like. So how long did you do that for? Um, well, that I did from I guess seventy six when I joined. Yeah. Um, to seventy nine, I was sent to London, and that began a you know a whole other adventure of street sankirtan. Right. Joining the why were you sent? Why were you sent to? Um, well, that London? was at the GBC at the time. Jayatirtha, they they had. I don't know exactly what happened, but he had relinquished that zone, the Midwest. Okay. But he still had London. That's so interesting. And, yeah, and so he he was allowed to take like five devotees with him. So he took you know five of, he selected five devotees, and I was so sad to leave Chicago, and I oh had my no gosh. no interest to go to London. 
Uh, it was so much like the military. Like you did like what if you were told. You did what you told. Like if you had to be uh, posted somewhere else, then you yeah. had to get up and leave and go. Yeah, no, exactly. I didn't want to leave. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess I could have, but no, it it was deemed as you know not being respectful to your authorities. Um, we had a wonderful team, and you know the Didi's there, Kishore Kishori. They're they're absolutely beautiful and merciful to to me, and. Um, I hope to get back there one day. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully will. But um, yeah, I didn't know what, what wonderful things awaited me in London, but I had struggled a lot in London, like settling down to the ladies' Sankirtan house. You know, we had a little ladies' So you were, you, were, you were living by the manor? That's, no, a, that's no, a temple? No. In London. We were living in a suburb. Oh, in London, in the yeah. city. Yeah, okay, the city. Okay. It, was, it wasn't even near to the temple. It was a suburb called Clapham. Clapham. Clapham which huh. now is a very affluent area, but then... It was kind of the dregs. It was, really, it was. I'd never seen a place like that. You know, it was. Um, yeah, and we just lived in this house with no heating, and we'd have to leave at three thirty every morning to get to the temple, Radhalandanishwara. Um, all the ladies, and then we, and then from there we'd do the morning program, and then go out on the streets of London every day. Uh, but yeah, that that was. Uh, and then later on, that Sankirtan party moved to near the manor, but mm. um, and then but, enter. <laughs> not quite yet. Not quite. Not quite yet. Because well, he he was in Africa at the time. Uh, he he was there at the beginning, um, and I kind of like, well, you know, got a little attracted. <laughs> really. And he went and did two years, and I, I was you know pretty much into my service. Right. Um, we had like loads of adventures, which I won't get into now. But you know, getting. I mean, we. What I can say is just it was such an amazing experience. Just kind of being focused on and praying, you know, to be an instrument of Srila Prabhupada's mercy to distribute these books. Mm. I, I felt the empowerment coming. It wasn't from me, but it was an incredible energy that I felt the connection with people and giving these books and getting into situations where, and if you ask most Sankirtan devotees, I'll tell you, like when, when you're really in the zone, mm. you do things that you would have never, like, I probably would never, I'm shocked that I did, like, you know, getting into like big concerts backstage with ITV passes, you know, fake, fake, fake ITV is a television station in England, but it's right. ISCON television. Right, right. Made these fake passes and got in backstage and, and then, um, you know, uh, oh, well, this, basically taking big risks, taking big, big risks, but feeling the protection of the problem. Oh my God. Tell the story of, oh, actually, maybe you don't want to tell it. Which one? Well, now you got to tell it. You know, it's when the Pope came. Oh, well, we weren't really distributing books then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that one. Yeah, it's for later. Um. Yeah. So, so then, so then, when did you meet? So, tell us a little bit more about how you met uh, that Kripamoya Prabhu. Right. So, then well, first, I... first, tell about a little bit about the the ladies. Sankirtan House near the manor, because that yeah, was a really nice time, it really, right? It really was an amazing time, um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm very close. But those that that lady sangha that we had um, was very special. We had also the association. We were very fortunate with Mother Yamuna. She she was living in England at the time. Really? So our Sankirtan leader, Kamaduk, because um, they had the connection with. Jayatirtha Prabhu as well. Jayatirtha was giving them shelter, uh, Dini Tarna and Yamuna in England. Oh, oh okay. Um, and 
So they had they had it set up maybe about half an hour away from the manor, and they had a cow in their garage, and they had their their de- deities right about right about Bihari. So once I think it was once every two weeks we would go and spend a whole day with them, and we would all be engaged. Some would clean out the garage, you know, for the for the cow, um, and some would work in the garden. Kind of some garage. would polish the paraphernalia. Some would get the opportunity to cook with Yuma in the kitchen, and then she would read us. Um, you know, stories and tell us about Srila Prabhupada while we were honoring and, and taking prasadam. Wow. So that was really, really special. Um, How many of those ladies do you still know? Uh, well, my Sangatan leader, Kamaduk, I'm still good friends with. I mean, in England, we have a really strong network of God sisters. Right. Um, and one um, very close... Um, um, God sister, Gopi, Gopi Mata. She lives in Kansas with her husband and coach. Oh, right. Yeah, I know her son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're really close as well. And, uh, yeah. She was there as well? She was there as well. Oh, she, okay. She joined, I think she joined in England, um, but she's American, obviously. Right, right. And coach is English. Right. Um, uh, so a number of devotees used to, uh, I used to, who, who met me in England, they're like, you look like Ankota, he's uh, saying yeah, to me. Yeah, I was like, yeah. who is this devotee? And then I met him. I met his sons first. Uh, yeah. And then I met him. And I was like, yeah, I, I could see the re- resemblance a little bit. Yeah. But but anyway, um, so you still know, you still oh, keep in contact quite, with quite them? A, quite a few of them, actually. I mean, that's really I, cool. You know, I've been in England probably over 40 years now. And some of those relationships that I have now go right. back all that way. Quite a few of them. Wow. We have a very close lady sangha in England, which I'm very fortunate to have yeah. such wonderful god sisters. Um, yeah, and, and we had, you know, me and Gopi Mata, we went to Iceland. That, that's a whole other magical trip where Krishna arranged all these things for us to distribute books in Iceland. Um, I, I got to go um, around the world, got around the world ticket. Actually, Krishna fulfilled all my desires because I didn't want to join because I really wanted to travel. Right. And wanted adventure. And uh, yeah, they, we got to go travel around the world, um, distributing books in Hong Kong, Philippines, um, Guam, Guam, uh, in the South Pacific. We stayed there for a month, uh, Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, then when I, I, it was at that point after that round the world trip that, um, yeah, they were trying to kind of, arrange a marriage for me and um were, were 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 all your other like um all the other ladies they were also getting married at the same time uh well gobi mata got married before me and it took me a while to come around to it like because when i joined the temple all the ladies wanted to get married in chicago and i had just joined and i'd shaved my head and i'm like ah, you know, you shaved your head me you know i was like uh i'm I, you know you guys are in maya like why do you want to get married you got all the <laughs> We want to, you know, we've got to just like devote ourselves fully to Krishna and all that. Right. So it took a while for, for it to come around that actually I had a desire to get married. And so, yeah, my secretary leader was trying to, uh, you know, match me up. Yeah. But eventually it was, um, yeah, eventually I suggested the name of my husband. He had come back, you know, from Africa. Probably suntan. <laughs> no, and he was... <laughs> Exactly. He was like trying to raise money for the Ethiopian printing of the Sri Yashapanishad and he was up north and it was raining and cold and Shivaram Maharaj called him and said, uh, hey Kripa, you want to get married? <laughs> he was like, no. He but said no. He said no. Yeah, he said no. But... Did they say specifically to you? 
No, he didn't say it to me. He just said he doesn't want well, to. I, but I was told he didn't want to. And then, it, right. and then I guess he had a thought about it. And he was like, yeah, I think he was scared. All right. <laughs> I think he was scared to me, you know. Right. Because I, I guess I had a bit of a reputation. And uh, he hadn't had much association with ladies, you know. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so eventually we got married in 1982. Some great things happened in 1982. Really? What else? You got married. Yeah. My gourmage took sannyas. Oh. My sister was born. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? A few other things that I yeah. remember. Yeah. In 1982. Yeah, but it's... Um, at the manor, you got married. We were one of the first... There had been a long period of no marriages at Bhaktivedanta Manor. Yeah. And they didn't do marriages like for the community like they do now as well. But like amongst the devotees, there hadn't been marriages. And I remember we were like the first devotees to collect for the mandap because they didn't use mandaps or anything like that. But my husband had, he wanted to do it authentic or something. So you know, we had collected, <laughs> we had to collect for our own wedding. We collected, and um, one uh, god sister, she, it's her birthday today, Sri Kama. She made my flower arrangements and my. Dear friend Sarvamangala, she uh, you know helped me buy a sari and yeah so we had a it, it was actually a congregational wedding because we were doing namahata then okay. which was a congregational preaching so we made our wedding into a program it was a program we had we had the wedding and then we had a big reception Bhagavat Maharaj now did the wedding Bhagavad, right Bhagavat yeah and oh, uh, Bhagavat yeah I just saw him a few days yeah, ago yeah so he was big Bhagavat we used to call him. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like now, but he was big then. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah, he did the wedding, and um, and uh, Bhagavan at the time was a GBC. So he Bhagavan, yeah. Bhagavan, he gave a lecture at the wedding, and he also spoke at the reception as well. And we had Havidas doing some beautiful songs. We had wow. uh, Bhakta then. You weren't there. Maybe she maybe she was there in a in a in a different. Uh... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the video though yeah yeah, yeah i saw the video as well yeah, yeah. We, we had plays and then we even had my my um my my family didn't attend but my husband's family attended and they were like rocking it up in the kirtan they had never done that before amazing it was so sweet they're they're dancing knees up you yeah. know it was like knees up kirtan and we got it all on footage so wow and then and then so then after you got married did you still live in the temple or you got a place or no we didn't get a place because there was a crisis then in the uk we had you know um many of our leaders um you know there was a few periods of crisis in england uh where the leaders you know left the gurus and um so there was a lot of um financial difficulty plus there was a lot of uh there weren't many devotees so for the, I think it was two years after we got married, we were on a full-time marathon just to raise money. It wasn't even book distribution. It was selling paintings um, just to keep the temples from, you know, being taken and, you know, by the mortgage people or whatever. Really? I hardly saw my husband, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was really hard for him because I was doing really big on the paintings and he was... It wasn't his thing. I mean, he's he's great at so many things. But right, right. Selling wasn't his thing. Right. Whereas for me, I'm more of a Vaisha. <laughs> and all that all that money went towards the temple. All that money, yeah. We didn't take a penny for. How ourselves. long did you do that for? That was for two full years. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then after that, we. Where were you living at that time? Uh well, I was living still at the Lady Sankirtan house, and he was living, I think, on the road, like. 
So you d- you didn't live together and you hardly saw each other. Yeah, for two years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And then and then after that we did the Bhakta and Bhaktin program together because they had a you know a pretty good program at the manor. We had this Chaitanya College at the time. Mm. So we did that for a time and then we. You uh, ran it. You mean? Yeah, we ran it. It, they they were trained at Chaitanya College and then they came back down to the manor. So it was the next the next phase of their training. So we lived separately at the manor. I lived, you know, in one place and he lived in another. Mm. Um, so this is why I got married in 1982 and my first child was born five years later, 1987, when we finally got together. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then we did the congregational, the Namahata preaching, which, well, we were from the book distribution all the names, we would gather all the names that people wrote in with the slips at the back of the book. And that started the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust in England. And we worked there and we developed the first database in England of interested persons. And the first computer, we bought the first IBM computer. I've got the receipt for it, 4,500 pounds. And I've got the receipt as proof, but it was this big, hunky, you know, you know, the monitors looked and all that. And uh, you bought it just to enter the people's names in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Already thinking it big. Was, it was it was primitive stuff though. I mean, it was a, a real primitive, but it was then it was highly high technology. Right. Yeah. So you did. So you did that. And, uh, until... Yeah, we worked at the BB BB. It was called BBL. And actually, when Janavi was born, she we brought her every day. She would hang out with us in her playpen and in the atmosphere. You obviously don't have any recollection of that. No, I remember I remember it very well. Really? Yeah. And yeah. I'd be, you know, working on the computer and we'd be doing the, we did a uh, a newsletter called the um, Folk, Friends of Lord Krishna, it was called. Uh, yeah. And then it became Namahata. So we would uh, we would do this newsletter. It was all with, um, you know, we, we didn't use computers for that either. It was all, what did you call it? Um, layout. Layout. And yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like by, you know, by hand cutting out pasting everything and then yeah and then tulsi was born two years later yeah tulsi wow. was born two years later and, and then um yeah god it's all the, blank after that <laughs> <laughs> tornado tulsi uh yeah. so so when did you actually like get on your own feet in the sense of living outside of the temple um I think uh, it was just before, like, Janavi was born. So, like, 1986, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, four years after we got married. Yeah. We um, rented a place with another couple. And then, um, and after that, we bought a place together. Uh, and then, yeah. But then it got too much, because after I had two children, and then they had two children, it was like we all went our separate ways. So, right. yeah. And uh, so we've always lived near to Bhaktivedanta Manor, which has been such a blessing for my family. I have to say, living near a community and engaging with having your children be a part of that community. I think, you know, they say it takes a village to raise, raise a child, but I can honestly say, like at Janavi's initiation, so many um, devotees there were, who were aunties and uncles who nurtured them, you know, and Tulsi and my son Mali as well through those years like you know Tulsi used to go clean the toilets with Pranabandhu Prabhu she was in all the dramas got involved in the dramas the children went to school at the manors all their friends were there and we were just like walking distance away so right you know very close by um and we had you know 
lots of families who had children at the same time. So we had family festivals together as well. Wow. If we, if we didn't, you know, I always like to do child-friendly things. So sometimes at the temple, it wasn't always so child-friendly. I remember one Govardhan Puja. <laughs> And if he was, she almost got crushed, you know, as everyone was oh circumambulating you know, really? Govardhan yeah. Hill. And, and, um, and at that time, well, it used to be that you, all the children got cows, remember? You got a little cow. If you go at Renner Govardhan Hill, they'd give you a little plastic cow. But these days, you can't even get anywhere near Govardhan Hill. Yeah. Mm. But I remember, yeah, she was really traumatized. So I thought, oh, let's do our own Govardhan Hill festival. So, you know, we, uh, yeah. I guess wow. I just remember being in the sea of bodies and being like, help! Like I couldn't see any. This was at the manor. Yeah, in right. the temple room. The, now, oh, now they don't do because it in the you know room. They, over over the. I mean, I think during the course of my early years, I mean, Bhaktivedanta Manor has always it's always been on an up, but definitely there's a distinct difference from you know my sort of baby and toddler days till you know ten years old. Like right. it really spiked like things just got bigger and bigger every year pretty mm. much it was exponentially growing <laughs> even so that now like my son says it's not the same matter that i grew up in i know right. now it's really big you know with the haveli and all that so when did you shift over to education yeah so i guess that was like once my children were you know um growing up and um i didn't realize myself uh, that i had an interest in you know because you have to choose your career so young in life, you know, they're like, you have to choose your options and this and that and kind of work out what you're going to do so you can study at university. And I, I found it all quite bewildering along with, you know, my spiritual quest. So um, it took me a while. I mean, I worked out that the nursing and the medical path that my parents wanted me to go on wasn't really for me, but it took me a while to realize that actually I was really inspired by um, education. And I, I think actually it started, I, I visited a community in British Columbia and uh, this devotee, Rochani, he, he had a, a daughter. She was only five years old and I stayed overnight there and she was kind of preaching to me like uh, I, I was like kind of a new devotee and she was like kind of, she was preaching to me and I was so like amazed that this mm. five-year-old could discuss such deep philosophy at mm. five years old. It really touched me. And so raising my own children, I was uh, trying to create wonderful experiences for them and educate them, um, be, be an example. And um, and when they started school, I felt like I wanted to be a part of their lives. Right. So my journey into education just started helping out in the, in the classroom and then later on got involved more in administration and management um, and then more in teaching. But I didn't actually have the qualification. So years later... Um, you know, when I kind of got to be the principal of the school, I kind of went back and got um, two bachelor degrees, you know, in early years education and in just education, primary school wow. management and development. So, um, yeah, that, that, you know, that's been a huge part of my Krishna consciousness for the last 20 years. I mean, I did say I was going to leave after my last, after like Molly, my son, left, but um, somehow... I didn't. It's probably stayed another decade or something. I I but you did recently retire from, from that just, service, right? Yeah, I've just last year retired. Wow. Well, just yeah, like in July. Yeah. And so how long was that in education? How many years was that? Um, it was a good 20, uh, 25 years. Wow. Yeah, 25 years. Amazing. 
um a lot of i think a lot of people might ask you how did you raise your children to be like so interested in christian conscious like we have jonavi tulsi and your son molly they're all like very thoughtful and and uh they they grew up with good values and and ethics and things so how, what do you think played a part in that in in in, in that well one thing i i do believe is <laughs> through all that huh oh no no oh, what do you think i'm going to say <laughs> no just say it. just say it. <laughs> these children are by gunton children no 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 what i was going to say was um you know we were by krishna's by Srila Prabhupada's grace and engaged in the Sankirtan Yagya. And that's a Yagya. Like, you know, we offer things into the fire and this and that. And, you know, but like... Yagya means sacrifice. It was a sacrifice. Right. I mean, believe me. I mean, it was blissful and it was like incredibly, um, well, you know, felt incredibly connected. But it was, it was really tough as well. I mean, mm. every day I would go out on the street or in the airport, I'd be like... <sighs> You have to, you know, just pray like anything, and you get things thrown at you. You get put in prison. You get you know, so many things happen mm. um, in the early days. You know, we were arrested constantly in the streets in London. Had to go to court. So I believe that through the performance of the Sankirtan Yagya, um, Krishna blessed me with with these wonderful children. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, but another thing is, um, and I don't want to sound preachy with this because I know everyone's you know, at a different place in their life and, and you know, does things in their own way. But as I've been reading Bhagavatam recently and I'm rereading with my god sisters and we're up to the middle of the third or almost to the end of the third canto, Yeah. but at least six or seven or eight times in Prabhupada's purports, he's gone on about the Garbhanam Samskara. Mm. He's stressed it. You know, it's a scientific process. You might, you know, and so... We did, you know, um, in a simple way, right. you know, um, pray for these children to come. And, 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 of course, the philosophy is there that, you know, these um, devotees are waiting to take birth, right. their last birth in the material, hopefully their last birth in the material world. And so through prayer and through performing the rites in, in a way that is, you know, um, prescribed this, this uh, samskar, um yeah so that that's one part of it the prayer and the sacrifice and all that the other thing is um and i don't know like if you would agree but we didn't really force our children to do anything we just tried to you know practice in our own way and engage them in in ways that we could mm. um i think just giving love and stability to your children is is a huge uh, contribution to their to their being emotional spiritual and and, and physical being mm. uh, being stable steady loving parents because you know we've seen a lot of kids who I've seen a lot of things through my time in education and a lot of children whose parents have have you know for some reason or other split up or um, you know they've kind of you know they've not it's it affects it affects them in different ways and and sometimes right. they throw the baby out with the bathwater they're like well that's what Krishna's consciousness is all about and it's caused me this pain and you know so I think that's a great thing that we were able to you know be there for our children and we we've, right. we've been married thirty eight years now so wow amazing yeah so 
<sighs> that needs a sound effect. Yeah. I, I was looking for it. <sighs> Hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Um... What do you think? What do you like? Uh, uh, that's that's really good, really good advice. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what what would you say uh, affected your interest and your um, commitment to Krishna consciousness or spiritual path? Mm. Well, I think um, you know everything. Everything that my mom said. Um, definitely, the environment is one thing. You know, when you when you can have friends and family who are on that journey um you don't you know later on when i was a teenager and and when we had to kind of go out more to regular school and things then it got a bit bumpy it was hard but especially in those early years to be able to have this solid foundation where we're all in this together we're practicing this lifestyle together and all of my friends basically were you know in that world with me together and and so there's again you know that stability of of um identity and very great number of positive experiences and and impressions Mm. along with i think i i feel particularly with my parents that um i don't know what if it's just who you are but i don't feel that it was ever whilst we were somewhat in a bubble, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll speak about, you know, the fact that at a certain time we were really at the temple every day and we didn't watch TV, we didn't listen to pop music, like at at a certain age. Later on we got started, you know, we we found our ways to, to yeah. do things. I allowed you a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, but um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um about what we gave you like oh no but yeah so but despite that you were very broad-minded and also wanted to expose us to so many different things culturally like Mm. they you know i mean now looking back or you know over my life when i've looked back i know that we didn't we really didn't have very much money or facility in a certain way yeah um but we had a very very rich childhood experience there was so much um there were just there was so much interaction with all different kinds of people and my mom's very good at you know seeking out free stuff and bargains and you know like whenever there was like children's events or like at museums or libraries or um you know taking us to beautiful places in nature and camping and it was just like a very balanced Balanced and also um, very stimulating in so many different ways that weren't just defined to our Hare Krishna sort of world. Right. And I always felt, you know, particularly with my dad, like, you know, with my my mom and dad, I had different kinds of relationships. My dad is, you know, very philosophically minded and interested in different um, religious traditions and things. And I always felt like we could just talk about anything and I could ask about anything. And Mm. it wasn't like nothing would be kind of weird to interesting to get into so there so is that sense of on one hand this very natural flow of this is how we are and we're happy in this way you know i see, see my parents are happy doing what they do i wake up every morning and hear them chanting japa in the morning and that's like mm. that's literally how i wake up every single morning um and and you know they're offering their food and it's it's just this is just the way we are and it's not like 
something that's like oh god why do we have to do this like it's just we're happy doing this interesting but then also there's a there's a breadth of like oh this is how other people think this is how other people live we're, you know we're just experiencing different things in an right. yeah. open way i mean i came from a jewish family my husband came from a methodist christian and christian family and we um you know because i had that experience of where where my parents were you know trying to keep us I, we tried to expose it you know to help children see krishna or god within all traditions and um and the the breadth as you say of the cult the culture of the world and um yeah and particularly like i mean i know maybe this is a side note but and it may be more less related to krishna krishna bhakti specifically but i just feel like um in whatever way you had the facility to which i think is common for most parents in whatever way they have the ability they try to see what their children are inclined towards and mm. just in a gentle way encourage that or facilitate that right so i felt that we always had that to whatever our means were and so you know naturally therefore you you look back on your childhood and think wow i'm, I'm so grateful to have had that childhood and and that gives i think a it gives a very favorable springboard to then say okay well this is what I've had. Do I want to go more deeply into this on mm. my own? And I know like at a certain point, it was very much on my own that I wanted to, you know, discover more. And like I started listening to, I, I started, I had a, I, those old iPods, the really thick, heavy one. And I downloaded lectures and I was listening to them on my own. I wouldn't tell anybody. And it was like, I didn't want anyone to know because I mm. didn't want anyone to be like, oh, you're listening to lectures or, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, but that was the mood, you know, that it, there was, it was happy, happy childhood and happy experiences. Right. I mean, a lot of, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of music. Like, yeah. I remember, what was that program that we had that you used to dance? It was all music from all different cultures and you all used to dance to it. See, computer program? Yeah. Encarta Encyclopedia. Oh my God, I love Encarta. I was into Encarta 98. Yeah, Encarta. Like you had to buy it in the big square box yeah, yeah. and there was a little CD yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. The CD around. Me and Tulsi used to uh, scroll through and play all the little clips from all different traditions. That was a great, that was a great we encyclopedia. Still, we can still sing most of them. Like yeah. we remember all it's those amazing. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. throughout your, 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 you know, your spiritual life, in the beginning, your your relationship with your parents, your rel your sister, brothers and sisters was a little. You could say um, they didn't understand what it was about. Yeah. But then, as time went on, tell us a little bit about like your relationship now with your with your siblings, or how did it develop from then till I mean, now? It's still developing, um, and um, you know, they're kind of discovering their spirituality just through circumstance. I mean, my brother's a teacher, and one day his school, he lives in Vancouver, one day his school visited the temple. and uh, the In heart, Vancouver? In Vancouver, oh you know, God. he was like, and so, and he, and he met someone there, it was actually Mother Rachi Tambra, if anybody knows her, but she's a... She one was of, one of my teachers I, in school. I think I met, me and so, met her. you know, in, here he is in Vancouver, and he said, oh, my sister's a Hare Krishna, her name is such and such. She goes... Oh my goodness! I I know the family. You know, yeah. he was he was like qu quite amazed that that connection that here he is in Vancouver and someone knows his sister so okay, well. Okay, now right. the time to bring in the Stephen story. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> if you if you're not listening, if you have been listening, listen to this story. This is amazing. Please go ahead. Uh, okay, so 
Stephen, who my mom bumped into her cousin, first cousin, she bumped into in Greece, who gave her the two hundred dollars at this crucial moment. Right. We were at a, f- a family um, wedding a couple, a few years ago, and he was telling us that he and his wife had just they 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 like to travel and see different places. They live in New Zealand. They live in New Zealand now, and they went to India. I don't think we knew that he had gone to knew he had gone to India and he had gone to Calcutta sent a few photos from Kolkata yeah but he hadn't said anything at that point right so he said that they took this um this this Ganges boat tour uh where they take you on like a a, a tour boat and stop at different locations along the river Mm. maybe they set off from Kolkata I'm not sure and so one of the places that they stopped was Iskan Mayapur and I think they they let them get out and like wander around for several hours, um, just exploring. So he he met. Um, <laughs> well, first he told us I met I met these um, these men. They were they were twins, <laughs> and they were they were from England. Oh my and God. we were like we were like, Pakajangri and Janani bus. If anyone doesn't know, they're they're um, some of the most senior. Uh, members of that of that community originally from england but they've been there since the 1970s right and uh, they're just living legends really yes so and then they they said they were asking him so um he said oh my uh my cousin is right and he mentioned the harrisons and then they and then they were saying oh oh we know that (laughs) he was really oh they said johnny harrison no 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 that was somebody else so then he was really amazed and then he said I, I think he met somebody else and he and he said, Oh yeah, um the Harrison family and then and they were like, Jonavi Harrison? She's like the Taylor Swift of Iscon <laughs> <laughs> And he and he told us that he was like, Is that true? Like <laughs> I but that, so and he was telling us all about that experience and we were just blown away that somehow he ended up in that place i feel like there was something else he also told us that was so amazing about that experience but now cousin steven is is listening to this please write in the comments uh (laughs) what did we miss from this amazing story yeah Yeah. but um and so you've been married for 38 years tell us a little bit about uh like how you how like your realizations from being married for that long like how did you keep it together? How did you be a team? Still how did trying. you? <laughs> no, we, we um, I think um, you know, we found some some way. Obviously, putting Krishna in the center, as uh, Prabhupada says, um, and uh, we always tried to do some. I mean, our generation, you know, we kind of really embraced the missionary kind of. Well, what Srila Prabhupada really pleases him you know is by actually sharing krishna consciousness with others right and so that was very much a part of our lives and we we would do events and programs we would bring the the children with us and we try to do fun things with them as well as you know not just take drag them around to different programs right but we we have different different adventures um so as the children were growing up we we would continue with the the programs we've got a glastonbury festival and, you know, the children would have fun, but we'd do our, you know, um, programs, outreach, meeting people. Um, so I think because me and my husband are very different people and we have our astrologies like, whoa, you know, opposites, you know. He's such, such a wonderful devotee and uh, I feel 
blessed, you know, like, you know, to have him as my husband. But, you know, we, we challenge each other. It's it's not easy all mm. the time. Mm. But, um, you know, I've I've learned, to, I've, I've stopped trying to change him into the person that I would, w- would want him to be. Right. And just accept that he is good. He, he's so good at um, so many things and so respected in England for all the um, wonderful, like, ceremonies he's done you know whether whether births deaths weddings hair cuttings but he he brings these real life experiences into real substantial moving moments for families um plus all the wonderful lectures and of course he's famous for his kirtan so that's what attracted to me him in the first place you Mm. know he played Murdanga and he led fantastic Every uh, young Brahmacharini is attracted to a good kirtan leader. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we worked at it and we, we're still, you know, trying to do, although, you know, I was mainly focused on the Gurukul and education and uh, doing a lot, you know, with the children, uh, you know, giving them various opportunities to develop and achieve their potentials right but we we still you know tried and and now we're kind of moving into a different phase of our life not quite vanapras but we're trying to do some preaching together um and yeah so we we we, i think i gave you this advice before you married telsey is that you know we really need strong you need you know the man needs strong friendship circle of like god brothers or you know good uh, people who, who you really um, we talked about this the other day that you have the same values and you you know right. you you can confide in and share your realizations and and the woman needs that as well so I feel I've got a really strong uh, network like that and, right right and that kind of helps me through the challenges that I may face sometimes that's a good segue into into what i wanted to ask you about so uh, through the years i'm sure you've seen so many of the other people in your your peer group like that they left spiritual life now what what is different about how you were kind of your journey and how you kind of sustained it throughout these so many years so what what tell us a little bit about that i mean i guess for for some i mean as i said we had some rocky periods in 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 england you know where leaders you know left and like um, crises of faith and and there were a lot of crises of faith right um and uh i i don't know we we were very fortunate in the sense that as the community developed in england like the kind of um you know the the Gujarati, uh, Indian community as they that kind of realized Bhaktivedanta Manor as their home and got involved. And the other, oh God, here we go. <laughs> the term. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I know somehow or other, somehow or other. That's funny. Uh, we, were, we were able to um, integrate or be a part and, 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 you know, kind of, we didn't have any challenges like that. Right. Um, we we uh, became very close with, um, you know, lo- all different, you know, factions of our community. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, for everyone, I mean, everyone's journey is individual. Right. And uh, I guess, you know, we, we tried to not give up on chanting and we tried to maintain our, our practices. I, I was sharing the other day that like for our children we were very very careful about offering our food 
uh, you know, our offering to, to, uh, to ensure that they had Krishna Prashadam mm. and that we did as well. Right. Because, you know, um, you know, uh, Maya is a very subtle thing and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you don't even realize it's happening. And mm. I, I've kind of experienced that kind of thing. Sure. You start, you know, not chanting your rounds and then you just don't realize it's happening. And all of a sudden you're kind of like, well, do I really need to do this? Is it really making a difference in my life? You right, know? right. So I just think, you know, being attention, uh, paying attention to, it's, a, it's like they say, it's a razor's edge. Paying attention mm. to the detail, <clears throat> especially, um, you know, some of the, you know, key things that, um, you know, Srila Prabhupada stressed. Um, and, yeah, being, I guess, always trying to share Krishna or trying to, trying to relate with others and, and you know elevate them in some way I, I, it strengthens your faith i mean i i be, i went into nursing originally because i wanted to help people mm -hmm. but when i experienced the taste of actually sharing krishna with others and how much how much um gratitude they have and how how satisfying that that for me was like Wow, that that's that's really the high. It increases your faith as well. So, because we've been engaged in that way and in, in kind of outreach and um, trying to share with others, I think it's helped our own faith as well mm. through all the crises and yeah, child raising and you know <laughs> mm. uh, all the you know struggles in the material world of trying to balance uh, everything right. in our lives. Yeah. Do you? Um... anything to add i'm just uh no i just i just think you've had a, such an amazing life and um and I, I think what the most amazing thing is about you is that even though you've had an amazing life you you don't really you don't see yourself in that way and don't right you're such an understated person yes yes you, yes you don't um you know one of the reasons i think nam wanted to have you on the podcast is because you know, my dad is very much like a public person in the sense, you yes. know, for many years he was very well known and leading kirtans and giving classes. And um, uh, but and my mom is known, but not. I, I think a lot of people don't actually know her story. Or yeah, I mean, and it's an amazing it's so story, inspiring, well, but huh? not so amazing. But super, um, you, don't get, you don't get to say if it's amazing. <laughs> Very, very inspiring and very, uh, you know, so, so what would you, what would you say to, um, women who feel kind of like marginalized in ISKCON? I'm sure you felt like that as well in your many years. I mean, I didn't at the time. I was telling someone the other day we were, you know, making a, an appeal for all, all women to be able to give class, you know, at Vakivedanta Manor, which has now been a past. <laughs> but, really? you know, I was saying that. You're allowed to say that one. Yeah, it, it has. <laughs> no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there was there was some resistance, you know, and and I was saying that in the early days, some resistance uh, from women giving class. Yeah, there was there was a oh sound effect uh, resistance resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I love your sound effects. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was some resistance from a certain faction of, of men in the community, um, brahmacharis. Um, <laughs> brahmacharis? No, from, 
for various reasons and they were pulling no i mean i can understand that i can understand it but then i can but but also it sounds outrageous to say that the women can't give class as well like especially because you know she the Prabhupada, really encouraged women and and um not just women but young like i I was the issue was young women there was an issue of young woman, but it was a, mar- a married woman, that a young woman who is. If you're listening to this podcast, don't write to Bhaktivedanta Manor. The yeah, yeah, please. Situation has been resolved. Yes, yes. So don't don't no, make it into a thing. Don't yeah, get us in trouble. Don't anything. get us into trouble. Yeah. No, but what, when I I was saying that when I joined, we weren't really encouraged as women to give class or to lead kirtans, other than you know in our own little you know, like women's groups. Right. And I guess uh, after time. After some time had passed, I think um, uh, the, these issues started, ri- you know, rising, you know, because there was a whole period where women, you know, through different leaders and all that, um, it didn't really align with what Sheila Prabhupada, you know, the the, the mercy Sheila Prabhupada had shown to women, mm. you know, uh, to the early ladies, Koshalia and Yamuna and Vishaka, you know, and given so much personal attention and encouraged so much allowed us to take brahman initiation so there was a there was an imbalance there and, and certainly um in relation to the society that we're living in it was clearly like people would visit our temple and say well don't, don't the ladies ever sing or give class and all that kind of thing right um so we didn't feel marginalized at first because we were just kind of blissful and absorbed in service but after some time i think you know there were um uh, you know, there there were many situations. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I was given lots of opportunity because I was, you know, a Sankirtan devotee and, you know, bringing in Lakshmi and distributing lots of books. Right, right. So, you know, I never, but other women, you know, did have to undergo certain treatments that were not very nice, you know, privileges, not given privileges. So I think when I see the younger generation, like, you know, Janavi and Tulsi and, you know, so many of their friends, um, I don't want them to go through what we went through. And I was making this point that, you know, they are kind of leading the way now, leading wonderful kirtans. They're giving classes. Okay. And probably from their last life, you know, have a lot more realization than even I do, who was raised in a kind of meat-eating family. And, you know, <laughs> they've had a relatively pure upbringing. Right. Um, so there should be... You know, Srila Prabhupada would want these children to have all opportunity to, um, I mean, Srila Prabhupada said these ladies are our secret weapons. He said, you know, he told us, you know, he really saw that the ladies were a a great asset to our movement. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know. What would you say to someone who is feeling marginalized, not necessarily someone who grew up in Krishna consciousness, but someone who is like newly joined and they feel like, oh, this is like, this is like mostly men here and men are running everything. And like, how would you talk? Like if someone confided in you and saying, I feel like this, what would you say to them? Well, I mean, we will look at the particular situation and, um, you know, and, and if we had to have, uh, you know, empower them to, um, you know, either speak to the, to the management at the time. I'm also involved in, uh, on the ombudsman team of the UK and I'm a mediator as well. 
So if there are conversations that need to be held, I see. I think it's important that 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 we raise these issues. There's infrastructure for for that conversation to happen. Absolutely, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't know what it's like in other temples, but you know, at the manor we have a you know a broad we have a temple council which is um, representative of you know lots of different factions of our mm. community, and uh, yeah, we have there's 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 avenues and channels with which we can address these things, and they do need to be addressed. You know, anything to add to that point specifically? I, I don't yeah, know how you my point or her point. Like you know, as as huh? a, as a young woman, Did if, you, if you've experienced something like that where you felt you know that you or you or others wasn't there something years ago like some festival and they didn't want you to sing? That was in Ukraine. Yeah, that was in Ukraine. I wouldn't get into that now because that's another country. But right. Um, in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of in England. Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. You know, it's really about what you what you have experienced to be normal. Because I think till a certain age, I didn't really n notice that women didn't give class or interesting. didn't really leave yeah. kirtan because I just wouldn't expect them to. I never saw it really <laughs> right. happening. Same you know? as when I joined. It was yeah. yeah. And I I think only like there were you know some I could say you know. Other people like me who'd grown up in the movement, but older than me. I remember one specifically, Chakrini. She started leading Kirtan, and it, she had a you know incredible voice. Yeah. But that was like that was the first time I believe I'd really seen that. I hadn't. Re I don't recall it that much. There was also Gorangi, but really it was quite rare. Mm -hmm. And I, I then I think you know at a certain point I became more aware of it, and and perhaps then, I just. It's not that I started to feel uncomfortable. I think I think also the values in the world, like things have been layering on top of one another for some quite some years now, this sort of climate in the world about equality. Not yes. I mean, it's been for, you know, decades, centuries really, you know, this this struggle for equality between men and women in the Western world specifically. So um in one sense it's it's very gradual and these gradual changes have been happening and so the place that i grew up is not the same place now that it was um but i could say my experiences generally have been relatively empower empowering so yeah i haven't had to experience anything too you know too difficult in that regard um but similar to what my mom said, you know, I, I think it it very much varies from place to place, mm. and I I've also traveled pretty extensively and seen and seen that variation. Mm. So I think that there's a lot of um, there's so many conversations to be had. There's so many uh, things that need to be ironed out um, all over the world. But it's a very it's a. I remember one person used this analogy of a. It's like turning a ship. You know you it turns very slowly, slowly you right. turn the wheel uh the yes. what's it called the i wheel. don't know what it's called <laughs> but uh the ship itself turns very slowly and you might be looking and thinking ah you know why isn't it just but that's just the pace that something that big moves yeah, yeah. it's a good example um, it yeah. is a good example you still we're, have to put a lot of effort we're yeah. seeing that at the manner that it's a culture shift and a paradigm shift you know for, yeah. for all all um factions you know the men and the ladies and like whereas like things are happening and they're changing but slowly like it used to be that the women you know couldn't be in the temple room for Tulsi Puja they'd have to go into another room but now it's changed where they couldn't change up in the temple room at the same time as men 
that's changed as well, or the la ladies weren't leading Mangalarti ever, or mm -hmm. Gurpuja, now that's changing. But, you know, it's it's taking some time. It's a slow, slow shift, and, and it is, but I, I feel positive that it is moving in the right direction. I feel those things, um, you know, they're not good things, like when you tell them to leave or not give class or things, but do you think they mostly came because they didn't want the brahmacharis to become grahastas? No, I think it's I think it's fear. I mean, I yeah, mean, like that fear that the brahmacharis are gonna well, leave. Fear from their side that they're gonna fall down or something like yeah, that. yeah, kind of you know stick to their vows and all that kind of thing. But um, which is valid, which is valid. But um, there's right. a time and a place for that. You know, like if if a temple is not exclusively a monastery, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Right, right. And I do feel that within the temple, there have to be, there has to be a, a you know code of conduct and behavior and respect for each ashram. Yeah. Um, like I would say that growing up, the way that we behaved at the temple, the way we dress and everything, there was a sense of a of a code of how you are respectful around you know the opposite gender yes um which may, that may have also gotten eroded over time which i don't necessarily think is a good thing like i think there's a there are there are kind of proper ways of yes. being in good a, point yeah. in, yeah. A, in a place of worship that are that keep a certain respect and sanctity to that space remember right. you and telsey never would go in you would never go in western clothes to the temple you always felt really that was her oh. she's still like that i know i know she's very very sensitive about that she just didn't like people to like give her a bad look or something yes or, yes you know. yes yeah but and, there, there's a certain culture like you don't bring a mobile phone and well you shouldn't bring a mobile phone or, or like for know. instance we never had our hair loose in the yeah. temple because there was an understanding that like hair is it's it's beautiful it's an attractive thing so you kind of respectfully just keep it tied back in the temple that was a like a, a conservative value, a conservative kind of values yeah. Yeah, right, right. in that space not out of fear but out of out of respect right so, so we're getting close to our time but this has been really awesome i want to ask you one last question um what do you what would you like to see uh where what direction would you like to see iskon to go in well i i can answer that very very um you know, clearly, because I, I know I saw the other day there was a petition that over 65-year-olds wouldn't, I don't know if it was a real thing, I don't I disregarded it, shouldn't be on the GBC. Well, no, of course, we have to respect the wisdom. Did it, did it say that? <laughs> yeah, there I was a petition to... The uh, whole GBC's gone then. Uh, I don't know if it Maybe was, if was, it was real, but um, the thing is, I, I would like to see um, our, our younger generation mm. being you know, given opportunities for leadership, being trained in the succession. Um, I remember in Swami once he was talking, you know, at the Friday night kirtan that we have at the manor that the youth, you know, young people have. And he was saying, come on, you know, we were 19, we were opening temples, we were giving classes, you know, we were, you know, pioneering in different countries. Yeah. And, you know, you guys are all like, you know, in your 30s or, or you know, some in their 40s. And they're still, you know... There's, you, you guys are, you know, you're all so intelligent and you're yeah. um, very committed in, in your ways and you're, you know, in tune with the world. You're having to live and work in it. And um, so I don't know. I, 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 my understanding is there's only one, one kind of thing. Manoram is on the GBC as a youth minister or something. No, I, uh, yeah. No, you know, I brought up that point and someone messaged me and said, no, there is a Guru Kuli who's like a full on GBC member. 
but they wouldn't tell me who it was. Right. It was just kind of weird. Anyway, continue, please. But yeah, so I would I would like in my lifetime to you know be able to hand over the baton. You know, I mean, I've I've retired from my active. You know, I've had the experience of handing it on to someone younger than me. Um, but yeah, I would really like to see you all kind of embrace Srila because you know Srila Prabhupada's ISKCON is very dear to us. And it was, Srila Prabhupada said, it's my body, you know, that he established this organization. But um, I think, you know, you all have very fresh ideas of how to make Krishna consciousness relevant. I, I don't want to always be saying, you know, we're one step, we're 10 steps behind. We're always, I'm always saying that, oh, they, you know, Srila Prabhupada brought, brought vegetarianism, we're 10 steps behind mm. veganism and, you know, um, kirtan. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to see um, the young generation empowered, your generation, and you, you know, that's the way it should work, you know. Yeah. But I think, I don't know if it's fear or what it is that you know we're all we're all there as elders, but we're kind of clinging on. Yeah. Uh, I I'd like to you know encourage my my viewers and my listeners to um, to find like a senior devotee that they can like talk to and kind of and uncover all these like different gems that you just told us like because otherwise we wouldn't know all these things you know that like you're very quiet and you're very kind of to yourself and like you were saying like your dad is more like a public figure mm -hmm. and and uh i think it's very inspiring if this if the older generation kind of gives uh, advice and guidance to I think that's yeah. something's missing mm -hmm. a little bit I, I mean that's not just the... not just your, in your, your like your guru but also like a shiksha guru yeah. like kind of get that uh, yeah. that closeness and that guidance that you can from 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 yeah. someone older I mean I try to do that myself like at the moment yeah. I'm on the Brahmatrini council I try to you know really you know help the um, young ladies to it's wonderful. Uh, have a wonderful experience. It's wonderful. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm open now. <laughs> Don't all call at once. <laughs> <laughs> I will we'll no, put your, uh, I, your I, contact yeah, in no, there. But I, I, you know, I, I am seeing that Krishna is guiding me in that service of just kind of, um, you know, helping and supporting, uh, you know, especially young mothers and, yeah. Uh, uh, I, before before actually no make your point and i want to ask you a question well it's uh it's two things it's sure. one point and it's a question also for for my mom so okay ask, yeah let me ask you first um how has it been in short in short how has mm -hmm. it been to have mother guru as your mother perfection you're you're you're, you're a very concise person you're very articulate like say something like in a don't make me cry no, she's, she's <laughs> my hero she's your hero yeah Aww. that's wonderful that's simple as that we all need heroes <laughs> yeah i'm just like what well, yes incredibly could. blessed um i'm not just saying I. that for the camera yeah um I was going to say two things. One thing is that I, I, I feel a really shining thing about my parents is that throughout my life I've seen them be very personal with so many hundreds of people, you know, from these different people that we used to travel around the country to nurture these different Namhata groups right. to the people in the community. Um, we've always been engaging with people and... Um, yeah, I just I see my mom still do that in so many ways. Whether it was with the, you know the children in the school and their parents, and every, she was always in getting involved in people's lives and always trying to be there for people in so many different ways. 
And I feel that such a person is is an unsung hero because we yes. need people like we depend on people like that. But usually nobody see you only see the interaction they're having with you. You don't see the hundreds and hundreds of people that they're yes. doing that for. Yes. But I think when you're the child of somebody like that, you do see it because that's the sacrifice that they make in the family is they're giving their time to so many other people. And that's not a criticism. That's something I admire. But I've, you know, sometimes I say to my mom, like, okay, come on, you, you're, you're now like at retirement age, like you don't have to give your time away so much, just have some time for yourself. Right. But I think it's something of, of their values that they, you know, if they feel that they can serve someone or help somebody, you know, like any person that will come to you in the temple if you can be there for them like you'll have these appointments of oh i have to go and you know meet this person at the temple because they really i did you know they have something on their mind but you're the same and so you either you've imbibed it or you're, you're I'm yeah. trying not to be <laughs> we're both always like <gasps> i know get overwhelmed but, but I know, learned it. I learned it from from you. I, I really feel. Uh, I think I, that's what we our movement needs. And yeah. and and I think it's. I think if you know if we can learn anything from from seeing a person like that is to try and have that quality a little bit for ourselves in our own lives to understand what a difference it makes just to just to give a, a listening ear and a loving heart to somebody. Yeah, it's incredible what happens in a community when everyone's behaving like that. And I just mm. just from the small way I see. My parents have done that over the years. My, they used to correspond with people by by letters before emails. Amazing. Hundreds of letters every year. I just remember, you know, there or I would always, you know, one sound was waking up to the, them chanting Japa. The other was the keyboard typing. Like I'd always hear my mom typing, typing, typing because wow. they were typing letters and this newsletter that they used to to write so Amazing. that value for people and for relationships is um, extremely important. Um, but that that was one thing I wanted to say. But uh, I wanted to ask you because this is something that I don't think anyone would think to ask you. But I think it's really important question for especially people who have been practicing for so many years is about your relationship with the holy name. Mm -hmm. Because I noticed my mom like, um, you know, many people think Kirtan festivals are like for the young people. You know, mm -hmm. it's a festival like Radhadesh Mellows. Oh, it's so boisterous it's for the young people but my mom just loves to come and and she'll sit at the back and then when things really get going she starts dancing and she's leading all the girls dancing and she's like the most you know enthusiastic of everybody yeah but she always is very deeply absorbed in the kirtan and i find that very striking because um many times people people feel absorbed in something that they they think they could get some recognition for or some attention or appreciation. That's just a human nature. So I know that's not that, not that you can't lead a nice kirtan, but you're not, that's not what you're there for. You really relish it very deeply. So I just was wanted to know about, because you mentioned, you know, seeing these uh, people, the devotees in Winnipeg and hearing that sound. Mm -hmm. How is that sound vibration, um, you know, how is your relationship with that sound, those words, that mantra, changed over the course of your life and where do you feel it is now i mean I, I i think through the wonderful i mean we had some wonderful kirtaneers as we as we were growing up you know but um the kirtan festivals you know i think i heard someone say the other day i i, I feel like sometimes i could just die in a particular who was it but i think you were that's saying, what you always say i always say no, that. I, I was like, saying that sometimes you feel like you just yeah yeah you were saying now. that she was you saying that, saying yeah. that. Yeah. and i and i feel the same way sometimes or, or sometimes i'll say to oh 
She always you know, says, bought- please play this one at my funeral. Yeah. <laughs> no, on my deathbed. On my deathbed. Right. Uh, I, I find... Uh, Madhava yeah. Prabhu, if you're listening. <laughs> through, the, through the potency of these amazing kirtans, I, I, it really goes deep within my heart and in a way that, yeah, you just have to raise your arms and it's, it's like you just feel like you want to send that vibration out to the world. Mm. And what a world we're living in. I was, I was just saying the other day, your children, what are they going to have to face in their lifetime? Like Kali Yuga progressing, like who would have thought we'd be in a situation we are now? Yeah. So, you know, the holy name is, um, and I've seen the power of the holy name. I've seen the power of prasadam on, um, you know, closed hearts. And, and and I've seen the power of the holy name as well, transform, the transformative power of the holy name, mm. the healing power of the holy name. Um, and the illuminating power of the, I've, I've I've experienced that. I want everyone to experience that the shelter of the holy name. Do you feel it's Do you feel it's very tangibly changed for you in the course of your life? Like, do you feel it's it's deepened or it's um, just a sense of relationship? I mean, it's deepened. It has to be. In it, it has deepened, and and also just because I'm I'm also connecting more with. Srila Prabhupada's books, and um, right. that, that at, at this point in my life, I'm having a chance to actually dive dive in. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just swimming on the surface, but I'm trying to dive deeper, and um, through the reading of Srila Prabhupada's books, and deeper within my my own sadhana and practice, it's uh, I'm you know I, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for. Uh, this incredible family of devotees we have worldwide, and um, I, I have so many cherished relationships that really um, help and support me in my practice. I noticed that about yeah. like you've been living with us for some time, and and uh, the way you invest time in your your god sisters and yeah. your their friends, and, and that's very inspiring. I think yeah. that's uh, it speaks a lot. We support each other. So that support, yeah, that's important. Not everyone has that. And, you know, it, um, it's life. So many things happening. So many devotees, uh, you know, have challenges in their lives. You know, this year we've had so many challenges. But uh, the support that we have from our, you know, friends and our, our community, and we've seen that just recently. You know, we've been chanting for this wonderful devotee, Nanda Kishori, Every day, you know, 200 devotees, you know, online chanting to support this wonderful family. And I, I said that's community at its best. Yeah. You know, that we can be there for each other. Yeah, it's amazing. And just chanting the holy name. Great. Well, I, I think one last thing. Yes, yes, one last thing. One last thing. I think I think you should sing a little bit. Oh, well, should we sing together? Yeah, we please sing, sing together. together. We, we we did a lot. I mentioned about music. We didn't. I didn't um, expand not on Scarborough it. Fair though. No, not Scarborough. <laughs> but we did use. Why not? <laughs> that was my favorite. What should we sing? I think this is the first time Hare anyone's Krishna, ever sung on the late morning program. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> what should we sing? Come on, harmonize. All right. Okay. Or should we sing Sitaram? Because it was just. <laughs> oh, Sitaram. Yeah. Sitaram, Sitaram, Patita Pavana, Sitaram, Sitaram. <laughs> we blew it. That's okay. That's okay. I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but um, thank you so much, Mother Guru, for oh, for. Thanks for having me. It was I'm awesome. It was fun. really nice. And John V, as always, thank you. We'll leave you with that. Late morning program. 
episode 32. Check us out on Spotify and all other podcasting platforms, YouTube, Facebook. Hari Bull, good night. <laughs>